focus on the revenue. Every three to five years, there are restructures, there are budget cuts. You want your marketing to be tied to revenue generation. And you've got to always have plans for the future. So that makes you indispensable to the company. And it also means that you're helping the company to grow. Before we crack on with the podcast today, I'd like to give a shout out to Future Europe, which is a retail marketing and commerce event on the 6th of June, 2023. The Future Conference is focused on fresh thinking and progressive change in the future of retail marketing and e-com. You can get tickets at www.futr.org today forward slash london the future guys have been long time supporters of this podcast so please check out the website get a ticket and get down there Hello and welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. We are a creative effectiveness ad tech platform that helps brands remove the guesswork from their marketing. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the future of advertising. This show is a weekly podcast where I have the absolute privilege of speaking to leaders in this business about where they think the industry is going. And this week is no different. I'm on a call with Amit Thard, who is director of Omnichannel at GE Healthcare. So Amit, thanks for coming back to the podcast. Could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself if they didn't get to hear that first episode? Sure. Uh, good afternoon from uh, Singapore. Uh, so my name is Amit Thad. I'm the director of Omnichannel Strategy at uh, GE Healthcare. Uh, I've been in marketing and advertising for a couple of decades now. So I started my career in the agency side in the US uh, and in public relations in uh, Singapore. Uh, and about 10 years ago, I moved to the brand side. So I uh, started as the digital marketing manager at Philips Lighting and then uh, slowly transitioned into e-commerce. So I led the e-commerce at uh, Lenovo, uh, Stanley Black & Decker. And uh, now I'm leading the omni-channel strategy, which is um, three departments, uh, digital marketing, uh, e-commerce and inside sales. So I lead that at uh, GE Healthcare uh, for ASEAN, Australia and uh, Korea. Fantastic. Right. So varied career. You've worked for church and state agency and brand side. What is the advice that you would give to a student who's looking to make it in marketing? Um, I would say, well, first of all, get started, but don't restrict yourself by saying, I want to specialize in something because things change so fast that you've got to be flexible, right? And uh, I mean, when I started, I started in traditional advertising where uh, we were still do, uh, doing newspaper ads. This is before um, we started online advertising. And, you know, through happy accidents, I've now come into e-commerce and, um, you know, where digital marketing still is important. But all that knowledge I started gaining 20 years ago in traditional advertising still applies today as it did 20 years ago. So I would say get started, uh, be curious, ask questions. But don't restrict yourself and uh, to a certain path. Uh, I mean, your 20s is, is to learn and experiment. So, you know, take advantage of that. So that's a great tip for careers. But what is your top marketing tip? What is that one bit of advice that you find yourself sharing most often? Focus on the revenue, right? So uh, when you're working in the corporate side, especially in multinationals, right? What I've seen is that every three to five years, there are restructures, there are budget cuts. Then there are external factors, right? It could be a recession or as we are seeing now, global war leading to recession or 
COVID, anything can happen, right? Typically in a company, uh, when budgets get cut, the first budget that's cut is marketing. Um, so what you want to do is you want your marketing to be tied to revenue generation. You've got to show your company, the, the leaders of your company, the finance department of a company, how much return on investment they get for every dollar that they put in. And you've got to always have plans for the future where you say, okay, look, if you give me another dollar, here's how much more I can get for you. So that makes you indispensable to the company. And it also means that you're helping the company to grow. Spoken like a true e-commerce professional there. I absolutely love that advice. Brilliant. How to keep yourself future-proof by tying yourself directly to the money. Right, so we are going to talk about your shiny new object now, which is data science and AI and digital marketing. Quite how we're going to do this in 15 minutes, I don't know, but I'm really curious to know why this is your shiny new object and what do you specifically mean about data science, AI, and in digital marketing? Okay, so look, AI has been around for a while, right? And the perception is that AI has been around in some laboratories and now it's breaking out into the mainstream. But that's not true, right? So if you think about it, chatbots, virtual assistants, uh, your uh, Amazon's dynamic pricing, which is based on the inventory levels, uh, image recognition from like a simple Google search, uh, as a Google or Facebook uh, or LinkedIn ad, uh, targeted advertising, uh, your uh, Alexa voice assistant, these are all examples of AI which are already in our life, right? Now, with chat GPT coming in, suddenly, you know, newspapers want to sell stories. So they're talking about all the negatives of AI and trying to scare everyone. But like the Internet, when the Internet first came in, I'm young enough to remember that. Uh, or uh, like social media, when it first started, it creates opportunities, right? But you have to learn about it so you don't get intimidated by it and you don't get cheated by it either. So, you know, anyone who started in uh, when digital marketing started out, remember that, you know, uh, suddenly a whole lot of experts came around and said, I'm an expert in digital marketing after doing it for a month. And they initially earned a lot of money because the people giving them the money didn't know any better. Um, over time, that industry evolved. It's the same thing for AI. Uh, there is so much to learn, but if we start learning it now, then we know how to use it as a powerful tool rather than uh, you know wait for it to uh, affect us and um, data i think look we've had we have access to more data today than we have ever had right so i'll give you an example of how i am currently learning so i haven't, I haven't figured this out yet but i'm learning how to use ai for data analysis right so at ge i lead the digital marketing for nine countries but I have a very small budget. So if my boss comes and tells me, okay, you know, Amit, here's 20 grand. Which country are you going to spend it? When are you going to spend it? Um, you know, what's the ROI that we can look at? Um, at this point, I would use my instincts, my a little bit of my experience to maybe make a suggestion, right? But if I start looking at the data, I could uh, look at a lot more things. So. When someone comes to my website, what am I looking for? Uh, uh, immediate data point, how much traffic is coming to my site? But what if I look deeper? 
how much of the traffic is staying on my site what's the bounce rate what's the average time spent on the site how many uh, pages are these people clicking on that tells me quality of data now i take that across my the nine countries that i lead i know where the quality of data is better where i get better roi then i take that over a one year or three or a five year period i now have seasonality data i know if i spend my twenty thousand dollars in january versus spending my twenty thousand dollars in august what the return will be which country the return may be better now if i overlay that on more data like I'm, I'm in GE, I'm selling medical equipment, right? So a place which has more hospitals or clinics is where I want to be. So let's say I have data about infrastructure developments that's happening, um, you know, new hospitals coming up, new clinics coming up, or which country has the most uh, doctors in training, so graduating doctors. Now I suddenly have data on uh, where I need to be before my competitor gets there. I overlay that with the traffic data I have, with past campaign data I have, and suddenly I know the best use of my $20,000. Now, that's a lot of information, right? And so AI can help me give that prediction, but all of that information is something that I cannot humanly um, uh, consume and come up uh, with an answer for. So that's where AI comes in, and it analyzes everything, and as it learns more, the beauty of AI is that it's not like a Google search where you just type in a parameter and you know get an answer. It's machine learning. So as that learns more, AI will also tell me what data points I'm missing, what data points I need to add, and will start giving me better predictions. So that's where I see uh, it being used for uh, digital marketing purposes. This episode of the Shiny New Object podcast is brought to you in partnership with Manfest. Whether it's live in London or streamed online to the global marketing community, you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content, startup innovation pitches, and unconventional entertainment from Madfest events. You'll find me causing trouble on stage, recording live versions of this podcast, and sharing a beer with the nicest most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. That is really exciting to hear. Just tell me how, how you would do that. So I've got an idea how I would approach the same task. Like, are you, are you using proprietary systems internally or are you using the kind of go-to, the chat GPTs of this world? So you're, you're talking about a bunch of different data sets you've got data coming back from your paid media you've got in investment opportunity sort of, um, infrastructure plays and so on and so forth season seasonal data if someone's going to copy your approach in a different sector for a different brand how do you actually go about getting that data clean and into the the right tool to help you well so that's the new part right so we um we are still figuring it out uh so uh, my company has not started uh, doing this yet. So this is a project that we are in the planning phases for. Uh, and that's because honestly, no one quite knows how to execute it just yet. Um, it, I predict that at least for the first year or two, it will be a combination of software like ChatGPT uh, and you know a whole lot of other, I mean, there's, there are hundreds of AI software already out there. Uh, it'll be a combination of that and us building these algorithms manually. And over time, what will happen is that either we will start building better algorithms or more likely 
someone a lot, lot, lot smarter than me will come up with a new system, a, a better version of chat GPT in order to do this. So the market creates that need. So uh, I don't think that's out yet. We are kind of in the MySpace uh, version of um, uh, AI. The, the Facebook was yet to come out. And what do you think about the data sets that are available? I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember what it was called. 20 VC, I think. I can't remember which episode. And they were saying that there's an issue with where the training data is coming from, right? So certainly from a chat GPT perspective, it's coming from a, with a Californian lens. What they were talking about was, do we need local data that is open source to make sure that we're going to get better answers from these type of services. So, for example, if you said, oh, um, write, write me a 30 LinkedIn posts that target healthcare professionals in Singapore, for argument's sake, right? Unless you have Singapore healthcare pro- professional specific data, you're going to get a skewed, wobbly Californian version. And actually, what would, what would be more useful is on a country by country basis, you have all of the publicly available data that's all open, that's all verified, that's all maintained to a degree on a wiki. So then that training data was very accurate. Whereas currently what we're looking at is an approximation from a global perspective coming out of Microsoft, essentially. So I'm curious to know, yes, this is powerful. Yes, we can combine the data sets that you mentioned, but what safeguards need to be in place and what data best practices need to be in place for marketers to know that what's coming out of these services is reliable. So look, uh, a lot of the data sets already exist. Uh, They may not be public domain, but they already exist, right? So for example, the GE traffic data, right? That's already there. I have access to that. Um, Now, I don't have access to Lenovo's traffic data because I'm no longer at Lenovo, but I have access to GE's data. And if you go to even something as basic as website traffic data, there are a lot of data points there which we typically don't look at, right? So when we are assessing a campaign, we look at how much traffic came in, how much uh, you know sales happened. We just build that very basic funnel, but there are a lot of other data points, right? So traffic quality can be assessed by bounce rate, amount of time spent on site, number of clicks. Uh, then depending on what you clicked and you build the heat map and uh, you can see where the uh, customer, the, the visitor is looking at. So the, all that data set does exist. Uh, if you look at, uh, databases of uh, doctor, as you said, right, healthcare professionals in Singapore. Those databases do exist. We have to buy them, uh, and there is, of course, that element of if they don't opt in to uh, receive communication from us because of PDPA laws, we we cannot immediately use that data to reach out to those healthcare professionals. But the data set already exists. Um, infrastructure data that's already there that's that's public domain right we know where indonesia is spending its money in infrastructure development um we know how many medical schools there are in philippines we know average how many students there are per batch in that you can get that on wikipedia so it's a matter of putting those data sets together uh which we have not necessarily done uh at this intricate a level in the past uh, but that's where we also have to change our mindset. And I believe that as we start doing it, um, a lot more data sets will become public, right? We don't even know what we are looking for yet. So as we become more intelligent, the AI system will also become more intelligent. And 
that creates a need for for different data points and wherever there's demand there's always a source of supply unfortunately we're coming to the end of the episode we need i think we need to have a regular follow-up on this topic and it's it's fascinating to hear you talk about with such passion and conviction about what is possible and to share the fact that you're thinking like this and the fact you haven't sorted it out yet, that you're in the process of learning, which is more than a lot of people on this podcast would have have the guts to say. So thank you for that. So if someone wanted to discuss this with you, where could they get in touch with you and what makes a really good outreach message to you? Look, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm very active and my my last name, Tard, is a very rare last name. So it's easy to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and look, if you're in Singapore, uh, I'd love to meet for a drink to discuss this further. I mean, um, I'm currently doing some courses as well with uh, uh, Singapore Management University, with the MIT, to learn more about data analysis and to learn more about AI. And the people I meet in these courses are from all countries, all walks of life. And, uh, um, you know, the the it's amazing the kind of discussions we have because we start with asking questions and then go into these random brainstorming sessions and that's where uh the best thinking happens so uh yeah we'd love to include you in our group just look me up in anywhere fantastic Emma, thank you so much for your time all right thank you it's nice talking to you hi just before you go i'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the shiny new object podcast on apple podcasts or itunes whatever it's called these days or whichever podcast provider you use we're an indie podcast so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels that would just be fantastic if you haven't got time that's also cool and yeah if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also if possible don't forget to subscribe and i'd love to hear your feedback uh if you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or you think i'm asking the wrong questions anything i'd be super interested to hear what you think so please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net that's t-o-m at uh i'm not gonna bother spelling it anyway you'll work it out thanks so much